We just got done talking to Joe Davidson for the second time he's been on our podcast before, I think over a year ago. It's been, it seems like, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's been forever, but just considering how crazy this year has been, you know, it was over a year ago, but um, we we had a great conversation with him. It kind of jumped all over the place, which was good because we talked about, of course, just every crazy thing that's happened this year in 2020. And, um, but most importantly, like athletics um, and just the high schools and just um, his take on that. And uh, it, it was, I mean, it's always great talking to him. So I, you know, I, it, there's lots of good information on this episode. That's for sure. Yep. I completely agree with everything you just said. We love yeah. talking. We love talking to uh, Joe D. Um, it's always, I always enjoy talking to him about social media just cause he's a, he's a fun follow cause he gives you a lot of great information on the, um, you know, status and the state of the high school sports world, but then also seeing him interact with people that uh, maybe aren't his biggest fans or don't agree with him. And yeah. he, he handles, handles it like a true pro all the time. So I'm just fascinated by how he uh, does that without losing his mind. But um, yeah. yeah, a lot of great things and um, you know, some, some great stories that have, that, you know, talking about some coaches that, that we've had on this podcast before that he knows well and how they've handled things. And, um, you know, like you said, it was kind of all over the place, but everything related to high school sports and, um, high school students and teachers and parents and all that stuff. So this is a really good episode. It's always good to talk to Joe. So yeah, it was um, good. A lot of stuff. And when we, when we say all over the place, we mean like a lot of, in a good way, a lot of things packed into this episode in it. As, as much as many topics as we could cover yeah no it was not uh it was not like all over the place like uh our last like episode gosh, i know our gosh. last <laughs> yeah our last episode is one of the worst by far not you know like as far as bouncing around it was like a oh pinball. yeah yeah i was gonna say i was about to protest i'm like um excuse you maybe you were bad but i was i'm just kidding no <laughs> we do okay, we do we bounce should. all over the place okay <laughs> We'll stop this intro so you guys can listen to Joe Davidson because it's way better than us talking. So, I completely Enjoy. agree. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> you guys. Now it is time. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, you ready? When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard coaches, coaches, I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life. In their life. Get this thing, get this thing started. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto. And I am Deb McCollum. And today's guest is actually a return guest from almost, maybe a little over a year ago. Uh, we had him on, and it is Sacramento B senior staff writer, Joe Davidson. What's going on, sir? Deb, Josh, good to see you guys. Yeah, it's... We did it last time on location at Capital Christian, if I yeah. remember. Yeah. In a yeah. nice little studio, and we sat there and just uttered a bunch of noise and nonsense, so it's good to, <laughs> good to be back. Yeah. I know, man. It's, I was just thinking, when I look back at when we recorded that last episode, I mean, I think it was July, I want to say July 16th, was 2019 is when we recorded that. And man, wow. who would have thought we would be sitting here doing a Zoom interview in this current state that we're in as far as the pandemic. I mean, you, you couldn't write this stuff. This is crazy. None of us, none of us in our lifetime have experienced anything like this. Um, you know, the, the last pandemic was 1918, 1919. Um, wow. Maybe we had relatives, distant relatives or great grandparents or something that, that would experience that, that some of that has come out in social media, but nothing current. You talk about, you know, you talk about a thunderbolt 
of a pandemic with a mysterious virus that people are still trying to understand and figure out um, to, to try to comprehend that that would come around and just shut down schools and businesses. Uh, some businesses going out of, you know, uh, restaurants that can't hold on, including places that have been around for 40 years, 50, 60, 70 years uh, up and down the coast or potato, um, you know, tourist guaranteed things. And, in our line of work, you know, we, we talk with coaches and athletes and uh, there's a big toll going on there. Um, and, and, you know, all the high school seasons have been pushed back to January start. That's wishful hoping. That's just to buy time. We can't guarantee it. You know, we can only do our part. You know, everybody wear masks and, and be social distance and try to encourage others. Don't hang out at parties and gatherings, which is hard when you feel like you've been bunkered in. So, uh, no, you're right, Josh. We, who would have ever thought that this would happen in, in our lifetime or try to comprehend it? You know, a virus is going to put the sh- in kind of a big racial tension with what's going on or just fosters up more anxiety with the ra- uh, social unrest and, and people cooped up. And um, I'm kind of I'm still kind of blown away by it. Yeah, That's how uh, unusual it is. You know, typically we do some warm up questions for our guests, but I have just, just based on what you just said, I have too many thoughts. So sorry, Deb, I'm just going to keep no, going. Me too. Go ahead. Um, so obviously, like you, you had mentioned, you know, the racial tension that we've seen, you know, and especially everything that's happens like um, during this pandemic. Um, and I just had, to, I didn't even think about this until you just mentioned that, but I'm considering how tense everything has been um, in that, in that whole arena and that whole aspect of life. How do you think that that could have potentially affected a sports season? Say it was a normal sports season where we're playing, you know, uh, high school football right now. Do you think it would have bled over into the high school level too? Oh, it would have. It would have been um, – the NBA would have been doing it. The NFL would have had um, awareness and discussion and people taking a knee uh, for a national anthem, and it would have sprinkled down to the colleges and, and the high school kids too. Um, a lot of these kids are so bright. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they're, they're impassioned. Um, and, and so, um, good for them. Uh, I remember doing a story on that a couple of years ago where Mike Franklin, the Franklin high school of Elk Grove football coach at that time for a long time. Um, he said, you know, you can't have half your team take a knee and the other half not, they got to all do it together or all not. And regardless, you got to have discussion and engagement with your teammates and your student body about what's going on and, in society. And, um, I think, I think people have, you know, I think there's a lot of tension in this country and people are just, they're mad. It's like the whole country's in a road rage type of vibe when it's politics and, and some of the, you know, the protests that whether it's in Sacramento across the country that start peaceful with discussion and holding signs. And then it just takes one guy to do something stupid, whether you're on the left or you're on the right, you know, this, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't matter which side, both sides have had some people out of control. And, and I think because people have been uh, sheltered in, including the high school age and college kids, a lot of them have been, you know, there's no sports, there's no school on campus. So they have a lot of time to be on their phone and on their laptop. And they are seeing a lot of this stuff. They're seeing some of the um, uh, systemic racism and, and the, the police brutality and, and the protests and then they, they become um, violent and dangerous and, you know, with chaos going there. So I think everybody is, um, you know, yeah. And, and the, the pandemic uh, just kind of puts that spoon in there and stirs up that pot. 
It's right. a it's a fascinating discussion. If you're a what if you're you're a teacher, you can't even have an in class discussion with your students about what's going on in this incredible race for the White House, um, and how engaged are students when they're talking about the pandemic. So I'm gonna I'm some of those are the stories I'm looking into talking to teachers. You know, how do you what is your subject matter in some of these things and that might be a way to get every, all the students engaged. I would think anybody who's doing distance learning, they don't want half the class kind of just mm-hmm. bored, you know, looking around and, and, and unengaged. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Joe, you know, I'm a teacher at Sheldon. And so I don't, I don't talk about politics from with my class at least. And to be honest, like I'm still learning a lot myself. So I always joke, I'm like, don't ask me. I know nothing. And so I'm like, I never bring it up, but you're right. Like kids on zoom, they'll just be like, they start to zone out. They look over here to the left and they're looking down. And I'm like, I know you're on your, on your phone. So I like, I actively make them sit up and look, but to be honest, I was telling Josh in the last episode that um, he and I recorded together, we were just discussing, discussing everything that was going on in the world. Just everything that you said, basically. And yeah, these kids, like they're not, they're sit they're where we are right now. They're sitting by themselves in their room, just like talking to a computer. Like that's not normal. And right. so I honestly just try to entertain them. <laughs> like I, I'm over here just trying to be a comedian and just asking them questions, like stupid, silly questions. And then we'll do a workout or something. But it's like, I mean, other subject areas can do, they can do a lot more with, you know, what they're talking about. And, you know, like you said, bring up the election and stuff. But for me, I honestly, I just, yeah, I feel for these kids. They just, right now they need to, they need a little joy in their lives and they need to smile and feel like they are in school and interact with each other. So it's supposed I, to be a big time in their life. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, the, and they're, you know, this is the time of their life right now. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the stories I'm looking into, like Laguna Creek high school has, you go to a Laguna Creek football game or a lot of high school games, including Sheldon basketball. What's your backdrop? The band, the marching band, these tremendous high school marching bands, and they're all on hold. How do you do a marching band instruction through zoom? It's not the same, same for a, a chorus or an ensemble. And, so there's a lot of, um, you know, none of it feels right. And, and I've talked to Mary Jo Truesdale, the Hall of Fame softball coach at Sheldon. You've had her on your episodes. And she really, she said, hey, we're, we have kids going to college. We have kids going, you know, on scholarship. We have kids who have a lot to, to look forward to, kids who are uh, good s- students and citizens. And, and they're, so you, you, you normally wouldn't worry about those kids. You worry about those kids now because they're, they're feeling this mental toll. And oh, yeah. Mary Joseph, she could see it when you do a Zoom. You could see some kids just look a little mm-hmm. – I mean, how could you not be peppy around Mary Jo? And, but when you're down, you're down. And teenagers process things differently. Um, you yeah. know, they, uh, so it's, uh, it's interesting. And, and a lot of students – let's not fool ourselves. High school kids are social creatures, college kids. You know, people in their young 20s, they like to hang out. And, you know, it's always – good to hang out but but some of these covid concerning numbers are tied to big beach gatherings or big barbecue settings or like graduation type settings or we don't have a graduation but you know those kind of things where you know there'll be a, a group of people and they said that's a real covid hotspot that's hard to tell them not to you know what do you, you know, hard to police all of that and um right. they're aware you know and and you, you hope that none of their older relatives get sick or anything but 
That's why we don't have any on-campus school. What, what happened with Chico State this week where 300 students tested positive? Wow. Nobody's on campus anymore. They shut down the campus. Right. Uh, gave right. it a go. So. Right. Yeah, it's um, it's really crazy. And like you said, it's you know we've talked before about those athletes. You know, some of the athletes that come to mind for me when you think about how this pandemic has affected sports. Obviously, like you said, there's the athletes, the, the top tier athletes, right? The the guys and the girls who will be playing at the next level. This is a huge bummer, but they have bigger and better things waiting for them. My concern is for the kids who maybe they don't start, maybe they're just kind of part of the team, but that team is really their sense of community and not having that camaraderie during the school year has, I can imagine would have a major toll on them. Like I said, these other guys, they're going to, they're going to play at a higher level. So there's bigger and greater things. But this, I mean, for some people, we were talking to Kira McKechnie uh, a couple weeks ago. She was saying for some of these people, this is it your senior year. Last year was your senior year and, and you're not going to play softball at that competitive level anymore because of all this stuff's going down. So I imagine all of that stuff wrapped into one and then having a, a, a wacky school year and being at home and not seeing the people that you're used to seeing. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, what, what that would be like being a student right now. No, and it's, it's very hard and coaches are trying to adjust too. Parents are trying to adjust. Families are trying to adjust. Um, everybody's still trying to adjust. Um, you go out in the workforce restaurants and businesses are trying to adjust. And the, you know, when we think about high school athletics, um, you know, 2% of high school kids in America get a full athletic scholarship. So some of those kids we talk about because they are high profile, they are impact players, they're, they're terrific all-metro players, whether it's for any sport, and, and they do big things in championship moments around here, we remember that. And so they have those chances to go on to college. That's a small percentage. And so most of the, you certainly feel for them and how the recruiting has been jammed up with all of this. There's no live games. Uh, you, you know, what are you going to get video? And never has recruiting relied more on a good video clip your GPA, good character, um, because you can find that out on social media. But for for 98% of the kids who aren't going to play in college, um, it really is it, like you said, Josh. And then to have to not have that, you know, the it, but this is it part, the, it's, it's got to be hard. All the seniors who lost out last this past spring, you know, with the COVID. And, um, um, no, it's it's – it's going to be, it's, it's interesting. You know, I can understand both sides. I can understand the need. Hey, we got to get kids on campus. This is good for them. Sure. Very true. We, we, you know, we got to get back to normal, but I can also certainly understand you, we got to be safe here. We got to be cautious. This is dangerous stuff. Well, what about, you know, from age zero to 17, people aren't dying, you know, so that's a good percentage, 94% uh, survival rate. I said, well, you, you know, you're worried about, you know, the grandparents, the parents, or somebody who's got an underlying condition. We know it's heavy on underlying conditions. If you have underlying conditions, pre-existing conditions, um, if you already have health issues, you are susceptible to this virus, and deadly so in some cases, or just really sick. Um, nobody wants to, nobody volunteers for that. Um, and then, and then, you know, there's this discussion with, you know, we got to get kids on campus and, 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 um, figure it out. And, and I, I think what's going to happen guys is I think we're going to have some high schools that start spring sports, winter sports on time and others may get pushed back the smaller rural areas where you don't have as many much population, sheer population uh, is going to be advantageous in that regard. Yeah. yeah, That's a, that's a really good point. I didn't really think about that, but that would make a lot of sense. 
Um, you know, another thing too, and I'm sure you've covered this. Um, I feel like you, you did a piece, if I'm not mistaken, about Jason Tenner and his new gig over at West Park. But I mean, I think of, you know, obviously we had Jason Tenner on the show. He's, his, he was supposed to start this season at a brand new school. Uh, Casey Taylor at a brand new school now. And I'm sure there's other coaches that are starting. I mean, just what a weird situation. You know, I'm sure there was some excitement, uncertainty going into a new school already new athletes, new team. And then all of a sudden, Oh, by the way, we have this pandemic that's going to throw everything out the window and you're going to be doing a completely different thing. Now I can't that's even imagine. A, it's, it's incredible. When we were doing these stories, when Casey Taylor gets laid off him and a 25 other staffers at Capital Christian K through 12 yeah. Capital Christian had come to, you know, had, had come to power. Um, and here's Casey Taylor, this high-profile coach, great hire, does immediate good things in his three years. And so when he leaves, that's a big story. And the reason that there were cutbacks and reductions of capital in large part, or some part certainly, was the COVID. Um, and, you know, that hammered businesses, hammered schools. And so Casey Taylor goes to Intercom um, because um, – Terry Stark, the longtime terrific 200-game winner there, wanted to take a year off to help his son who got in a bad accident. Mm. And he's going to be okay. Um, and Casey told me, he goes, with the distance learned throughout the spring, it was May before he finally met his team in person. Wow, that's after crazy. Getting the, after getting the job back in um, February, you know, normally you get a job, you go see him daily in the weight room. Right. He got hired as a teacher there right away. So there's an example of a complete disconnect. And so you have Jason Tenner. Um, he's a powerhouse personality. He's um, highly regarded. He, he's really good in the classroom. I haven't seen him in classroom, but anybody that bright and well, you know, spirited that you probably seen him on campus at, when he was at yeah. Sheldon and um, he, he teaches, you know, government history. Um, he's an engaging subject. You know, you, you know, students are going to listen to him. So he starts this brand new, state-of-the-art, beautiful, pristine campus in Placer County right there in Roseville. And we did a story on that where, hey, you got you know, all dressed up and, and nobody to show your gigs. <laughs> and yeah. so he um, – you know, it's a big-time challenge starting a, a high school. Uh, Brand-new schools start traditionally a freshman, sophomore class. He's starting brand-new. They haven't even broken in the weight room. He didn't, know, he didn't even know what kind of football players he has. Like a softball coach wouldn't know what kind of player she has or volleyball. And, you know, but football is the first big sport in the fall uh, of revenue maker, a way to kind of get the community involved and, and get some crowd there and um, the band and activities director and get some television and media coverage. And he doesn't even get a chance to, you know, there's, there's nothing here. Um, but his attitude is great. Um, and I like the idea that they're doing their teaching on campus. I think that's what's happening for a lot of teachers. You know, get the teachers back in the class. You know, the, the rooms are empty, and do it from that um, environment with that backdrop. You could have a whiteboard and um, those kind of things. And uh, so, but it takes somebody like Jason Tenner with a good attitude to handle, because his kids are antsy, and he, you know, it's hard to be patient. You know, no, that's why people I think are breaking. You know, they, they don't wear their mask or they um, they hang out and then they're, you know, not social distancing. And it's hard, you know, so people want to get back to normal. And um, and it's hard to ch- – what a drastic change. None of us had used the word social distancing 
right. um, or pandemic. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever typed the word pandemic in my life. Mm-mm. And maybe I've said it a couple of times and thought it was, you know, IHOP special or something. I mean, we just, <laughs> we never talked about pandemic or um, social distancing. Yeah. And so we got to get used to it. What about the commercials where they're like contact free delivery? <laughs> like there's like commercials catered to like, it's just crazy. The new vocabulary and just the new, it is. I feel like it's, I feel like it's a new way of living. Obviously, I, ho- I hope it doesn't stay like that, but it's just weird. Like anytime I go to the store, I'm like, everyone's wearing masks, put my mask on. I have like 20 different masks. I have some in my purse, in my wallet, in my room, in my car. Like they're everywhere now just because it's so, that's just what you do. And, and, now and, they're, and they're, they're no fun. You no. know, I don't know how many times. No, not at all. I, have it, I always have it with me and I had it in my, um, the car and you step outside and you take 10 steps. Got the mask. Oh, dude. I don't want to be one of those guys who gets all the way into yeah. Safeway and I'm on, you know, and like, I'll, I'll just, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just downplay. No, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to adhere to policy. It's the right thing to do. And um, I don't want to get confronted in, in the vegetable section. And, you know, <laughs> like that. But, but no, it's, um, oh, we can't wait to have sports back. Um, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's such a, a change and, you know, I think anybody in our line of work, um, the first of the year for us, any of us, is not January 1st. It's sometime in August when yep. the academic year starts. That's the first of the year. That's how we live our lives. And so our time off is June, July, and part of August. That's, that's where we, we get it. Um, and so that's where it's so different. My, my body feels different. Where, you know, this is, should have been two Fridays. Now we've had high school football game. We haven't had any. And it's just so, it just feels right. It's like the calendar is messing with you. And Well, it's warm weather. We know the NFL is getting ready, but we don't have anything on campus. And uh, so it's, it's been an adjustment for everybody. Oh, oh for sure. Well, we were just talking before, um, you know, you hopped on Joe. It's weird, man. When I, some of these places that I would drive, you know, in the evenings on Friday nights, you're used to seeing stadium lights when you drive by or a packed parking lot at certain high schools. And all of a sudden, you're going back to those same places that you're used to, and it's just completely dark. There's nothing mm-hmm. there. Um, and it's just such a weird thing. And, you know, I was, we, had, um, we had Coach Chris Horner on from CASA uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, a couple, a couple years ago, he did that big, that massive outreach to Paradise High School. And he's always, you know, since I've known him, he's always been big into the community service side of his team. And that's another thing you don't really think about is, yeah, we're, we're losing sports, but there's a lot of these teams around the Sacramento area and just around the country that do amazing things for their communities off the field. And they can't do that either because right. you can't go serve at your local elementary school or the food bank or whatever they might do. Uh, you know, a lot of those athletes were, you know, going to the evening of dreams, um, the prom for kids with special needs. They, they, you're not going to do anything like that because you have to be near people. And so, um, you know, when you really start thinking about all the normal things that are attached to a sports team and all the great things they do off the field, I mean, it really does impact a ton of people besides just the coaches and athletes and their families. It sure does. Um, I did a story earlier this spring on Club Raven. It's an old bar um, off of J Street, mm-hmm. um, family owned since 1946. Um, all the kids went to schools in Sacramento and the Sacramento City Unified. Um, they all still work in the area, family owned bar. And then they, um, you know, they're on the brink. Um, and they talked about, um, the owners that they have 86 year old Eddie. We worry about 86 year old Eddie. Who, who's that? And that's, 
uh, a long time guys come in for like 30, 40 years. He no longer drinks alcohol, but in the morning he has his iced tea and in the evening he has his coffee or the other way around. I have to check my notes. But, but he, they said the social part, people need to be around people. And we, you know, we talk about it in sports and education, but what about those parents and, um, you know, some of these kids uh, living together uh, with, with other relatives. And the other concern is, um, you know, the government elect, uh, elected officials here locally, um, Angela Gashby, for example, and um, they talk about, um, you know, so do superintendents and coaches that school for some kids is a safe haven. It's a place you can go to where you're, you're going to get a meal maybe a couple, you're, you're, you have um, role models and teachers, um, you're safe, you know, you, have, you can have friends, social activity, whereas at home, it's not safe. It's not a safe haven. There could be domestic abuse or drug abuse or verbalist, anything that's um, or crowded. And, you know, you, that was a real concern during the pandemic where all you know, people were stuck at home. And that's not a small school problem, small town or big school or city or, or up in the hills. That's an society problem everywhere. Uh, same with college kids. Um, suddenly a, a big change. You know, I feel for the college kids and the parents where UC Davis or Harvard or Stanford, schools like that, don't give you a, a tuition break, even though you're not on campus. And that's a, some of these kids at UC Davis can't get out of a, a lease because of the language and the contract. They're, they're committed there for a whole year for a pricey rent and there's no on-campus instruction. So they're doing so you might as well do your distance learning from a place you're renting, where it'd be a lot easier, more affordable if they went home to, you know, Placer County or Sacramento County. So uh, it's 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 everywhere. And, and, and how these kids will never remember, forget this year, um, these high school and college kids, the, uh, it's a voting year. Some of this might have affected how some of them might vote. Um, and, you know, I'm sure I'll bet they're doing a lot of discussion on, 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 you know, cause there's a lot of, the kids are still going to talk. They just can't see each other in groups. Right. In person, right. not now, but yeah. we're modified. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping my high school kids will come out of this, remembering how to talk and remembering how to converse because seriously, they're all on us telling Josh, he, he jumped on first and then you jumped onto the zoom call, but um, right now we're on my like classroom setting. So when you enter, you're on mute. And so I was joking with Josh, Oh, you're on mute here. I'll, you know, unmute yourself. But really, I mean, they're all, and it's not that I don't want them to talk because sometimes at the end of class, I'll say everyone unmute and talk. I don't care. Say something like talk to each other, but it's for the simple fact that like, like I'll be teaching and like, let's say one kid, like I hear something in the background you know, a noise. And then it like, then the kids can't hear me. So like everyone has to be on mute and it's so sad. And no one, that's just, a great like, point. That's, yeah. that's a great point that, you know, you want your kids to speak, but then on this setting, there's going to be the mute buttons. Right. Wow. No, that's, that's a hard, what do you teach? Um, P, sorry, the whole <laughs> lovely Zoom froze for me. I lost, I did not oh. last are you, are you five still to PE? ten seconds. Yeah, I'm PE. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk off uh, off the air at some point because I'm going to do a story okay. on PE teachers on trying to do a physical act, physical education mm -hmm. course when you're not there to supervise yeah. it. 
kind of the, the honor system there, you know, it's like, Hey, you're either doing it or you're not. Right. We, so, yeah. Yeah. We can talk after about that, but it's definitely, it is rough because even if I like require them to have their video on, um, in, and then see them, which I do cause I say for safety reasons, I like the lighting in there, like wherever they are. Sometimes I can't see, like I literally told a kid, Hey, can you turn? I felt so bad because he was dark. And I was like, Hey, can you turn a light on in your room? And he typed back. I don't have a light in here. Mm. And I was like, Oh great. I feel like a jerk now, but it's like, so it's like they're in circumstances to where I'm like, I can't really see, but okay. I see you moving. So it's, yeah, it's rough. Or even having privacy, you know, who wants to do a PE class in front of, you know, your, your siblings who might be taking the same or, or doing distance learning. And right. Um, no, that's, uh, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, when you were talking about, um, Josh, back to Chris Horner, the Casarobo coach, and, and yeah. I remember where you did some of those stories and, um, you know, the giving element, that's another part about high school sports where people rally and help each other. And, right. um, if the high school season had started on time, if there was no pandemic, we would have had probably two, we would have, the season opener would have been not this past Friday, but the Friday before we would, this, we would have just played our second game. Those games might've been smoked out. Right. Right. See, that's, and that's so crazy. We didn't even think about imagine, the fires imagine <laughs> that would have been a heavy storyline oh and all yeah. oh, this is incredible and blah, blah, blah. And why are they smoked out? Because people are losing their homes um, and structures and some of their property, or certainly if if they're not losing them, then they certainly lost some sleep and anxiety wondering if they lost property or they feel for their neighbors who did. Um, And, you know, so that, um, so high school sports helps us um, where communities could rally together. Um, Oh yeah. And something, what happens during a fire season? Well, the high school gyms become an evacuation center or the, or the football field. Right. Um, and, you know, so that's, um, you know, we're getting some of these fires, you know, wow, we had the, the Butte County fire and we had the Santa Rosa fire a couple of years ago. And then this one, it's, um, that's, it always, it's always this time of year. And, and in a weird sense, Josh, it's too bad. And Dev, we're not talking about that. Hey, you know what? We could push the games to Tuesday. Uh, we, we're, we're yeah. Not even near that. I know it's just, you know, people keep saying 2020 just is not letting up. It's just, it's been a wild thing. So, you know, on a, on a little bit more of a positive note, it's like, what kind of, what kind of cool things have you seen some of these coaches doing to stay connected to their athletes? Like, have you seen some cool creative things that they've been doing out there or has it basically just been zoom calls? It's been mostly zoom calls. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the schools up in El Dorado County um, can have, you know, they're off the watch list. And, uh, and so, so there have been some in-person uh, meetings there, like Oak Ridge High School won the Sac Joaquin Section Division One championship last fall in football. Mm-hmm. We're a lot of people. Uh, our preseason number one team, we still did a, we still did a preseason all-area team, all-metro I team. I saw that. Preseason rankings. Yeah. And, you know what? We're gonna, why not? The season's supposed to be here. We could still do that. But yeah. it was empty. It was weird. Um, yeah. And so they had a gathering – at one of the um, player coaches houses um, to earlier this summer to hand out their championship rings from last fall. Um, But it it was certainly a mixed evening because, you know, the the whole momentum of, Hey, we're going to start conditioning and and we got game here in in a month, you know, didn't happen. They were going to do it at, um, at the Eldorado saloon in Eldorado Hills. Oh yeah. Um, and, but the, um, that's when the, 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 the restaurants got shut down again. And so it hurts that business and that experience. And, 
because you know the owners there um ron and cat um uh, ron and cat martin they've had kids who played football at oak ridge and they they employ a lot of students and student athletes mm. who went to school there uh and so it puts a hammer on them we think of people who work in the restaurant business a lot of lost lives or a lot of lost jobs um i should say tied to COVID concerns and lost lives. So, sure. yeah, no, it's a, to answer your question, I've not seen a lot. I don't know if they've had much ability to hang out. Yeah. I mean, figure in their athletes and gatherings. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's tough. I mean, yeah. I think we keep saying it's tough, but it's, it's hard to get around. Um, you know, something we've talked a, uh, about a lot since this pandemic and since the CIF announced what the modified sports schedule would be is multi-sport athletes. So obviously the students who are, who typically play a winter and a spring sport are going to be affected drastically by the schedule change. So have you encountered some athletes out there that are typically a multi-sport athlete that have had to wrestle with the decision whether or not to play their typical winter sport or their typical spring sport? Yeah, there are some kids. Um, there's a, a Brock O'Haran from Rockland high school who's going, who's a committed player to um, scholarship commit to Stanford for baseball, but a terrific football player. Um, it's going to be hard to do both. Um, the schools that are going to really struggle with this are going to be the small schools, Colfax, Bear River, you know, 550 kids on campus. And, um, you know, before the academic sports schedule allowed you to play a fall, winter, spring, and now you're going to have to cram three seasons into two. Um, coaches are, um, and the CIF is allowing kids to play club sports. So if you play ASA softball and high school softball, you can do both. Same with volleyball. So that's going to be – same with basketball. That's going to be a different look. Um, the schools will figure it out because they have no other choice. Um, the larger enrollment – excuse me, the larger enrollment schools like Deb School at Sheldon, 2,800 students, 2,600 could probably find a way. I mean, there's a lot more students and a lot more kids will be able to play, but the small schools are going to have the big challenge, especially, especially up in like uh, the northern part of the state, up in near Oregon, where they got only got 140 kids on campus. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And how are you how, how are you going to get enough referees to do all these seasons? Right. <laughs> and there's already a shortage of referees. Yeah. Right. So we talked about last time you were on the show is that shortage being somewhat, some of it attributed to the fact that it's just brutal out there in high school sports among the fans. <laughs> and well, and, and it's exactly right. And I'm actually doing a story, Josh, where they're looking to hire the, the referee associations are looking to hire um, young people. And they said, Hey, if you're a high school football player who played high school football and then you graduated and you're going to college or you're not going to college, but you don't play sports anymore. Um, but you still want to be in football, come be a referee. We'll train you. And I'm thinking yep. that's a great idea. Oh, for sure. Or even freshman games, pair them with a, you know, a veteran referees and umpires. Um, that'll get, that'll get it going. Um, and you got to pay them well. Um, I think it, it's like $150 if you do a JV varsity doubleheader. Um, you know, at least the season won't start in the, on the surface of the sun. It'll be cold weather when, when the season starts. Nobody's sweating out there. Right. <laughs> but you're right, though. It's the referees that they get bombarded by, um, by fans. And it's, um, you know, it's not, it's, it just isn't a, something that people want to be subjected to. It's kind of the little league mentality. Right. Well, speaking of that, too, um, 
Man, I don't know how you do. I know we talked a lot about this last time you were on the show, but social media, man, I don't know how <laughs> how you do it. Because um, you do a great job with all of this stuff you post, but I'm speaking specifically to how you handle uh, people that don't agree with you. And I've seen that a lot. And, uh, and I don't know if we talked about this, but I think I talked to another coach out there on our podcast about this, but there's actually like a fake Joe Davidson account out there, isn't there? What? Yeah, and I wasn't sure if I was uh, <laughs> insulted or amused, so I wound up. I said, "You know, I think I'm kind of amused. That's pretty clever." So I wrote him a note. I, I sent him a, a, a direct message. Hey, that's pretty clever. You know, he didn't write anything back. Sure. Uh, and then he took a couple pot shots, and um, I saw that. So that's kind of fun, but you know, it's um, he's too predictable. It's it's probably a parent, and I think he's in yeah. the Elk Grove Unified School District, and he probably had a. I have a sense of kid transferred, or he's got an issue with schools that have kids that come in and out of a transfer. Some parents are convinced that incoming freshmen are transfers. No, um, you right. live anywhere. Um, and so it's um, whatever. Um, and so I, uh, you know, sometimes um, I think I've gotten better. I used to react more, you know, with a little, uh, gosh, I would have used those Karen memes and, and just throwing it back at people. But um, I'll do a little bit more of that on Facebook, but I always keep it non-political and, and, and yeah. not, you know, uh, you just roll with it sometimes. And I was on KHDK 1140 earlier to talk to Doug Christie and Jason Ross about, you know, what's the, what's going on with high school sports and what's going on with college football in California and Sac State, UC Davis. And, and I, I tweeted that, you know, I was going to be on there to talk and, uh, and um, to kind of promote the segment. And some guy uh, put a, a tweet underneath it and took a shot and he goes, um, so you're talking about, sports that aren't happening and he had one of these memes where you're going like this and i said well we talked about what's the, the latest and I, and I wrote back and i said and you didn't listen yeah <laughs> you know, so uh yeah and then he wrote back and he said uh he goes well nobody listened and i said and i said said a nobody um <laughs> and then i i walked away i said okay i won that round um, and but then you just kind of let it go from there um you know he's got four followers right oh, Right. Oh, we got the rest of the household is following him um, <laughs> and a bogus funny name. And um, yeah. Um, so no, you know what? You just roll with it. Um, yeah. But every once in a while people will reach out to a family member or my girlfriend and send something crude or something on their, on their thread, uh, Facebook thread or Instagram. That's crazy. And, and that's just, see, that's when it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but nothing, you know, that's, um, you know, Marcus Bertone or a long time, Columnist yeah. gets a lot of heat. Grant Napier used to get a lot of heat. Right. Uh, coaches get a lot of heat. You know, some of these, Mary Jo Truesdale is gold. She gets heat. She yeah. gets yeah. criticized. Um, you know, Chris Richardson at Folsom. You know, geez, you won all those championships. Yeah, Casey Taylor, how can you second people do? That's what, that's what happens. And, right. um, and coaches get it on social media as well. And you know, Chris Horner and Jason Tenner, these very likable, good people. We could tell right. they're good characters, but, everybody's right for getting heat. So no, it's fun. And I, I was disappointed. I, I forgot about that guy um, who did the uh, parody account and I actually looked into it about a month ago and he yeah. hadn't done anything since February. So I don't, Hey man, you worry, dude, let's go yeah, you... <laughs> oh, work on your material. Let's go. Hey, the, the, the mental toughness isn't there. You broke him down. <laughs> I, I something uh, or, or something, but you know, what's funny is then you see, he's got like a hundred followers and then, you know, it's like, it's all my coaching friends, you know? So, <laughs> so I, if I was them, I'd follow it too. I, I follow it. I want to know that uh, 
Yeah. The like, like you yeah. said, man, it's a, it's a sign that you've, you've made it to a certain extent, right? Like, Hey, right? people are, are taking the time to make a parody Joe Davidson account. Yeah. No, it was the guy was, I think there's a second one even, or maybe it was just uh, some of his posts, but he had a, he had a, um, a Photoshop graphic where I was like pointing at the state of California and it highlighted the Sacua it highlighted like Northern California and said, you know, I know this part of the state. And then my other part of my hand was pointing to the, the rest of California. because I don't know anything about this part of the state. Oh, so he's, he probably doesn't like that. I don't, I don't know. Um, have a clue about Southern California, different sections. We had right. one guy who, um, I was debating with him back and forth. He was debating me and he's a Southern California guy and he disagreed with um, something about the public school, private school or, or something. Mm. Um, and just thought that, um, you know, media shouldn't have any opinion on that. You know, um, you know, you're misunderstood or misled or easily influenced. And I, you know, I said, well, that sounds more like a parent, you know, like, like you're in. And he, he uh, called my editor and it was on a Saturday or Sunday and my editor, um, you know, um, she, you know, for that weekend, you know, one of our many editors, Dan Hunt, um, kind of laughed at him and said, Hey, you know, he knows what he's talking about. I want you to open a dialogue a discussion and uh, don't be so jumpy and, and whatever. And he demanded, you know, an, an apology or something. And so then he oh, writes geez. me a, a note on, Twitter again said, Hey, you know, I researched a little bit more and I, I got to back up a little bit. You know, I, I, I do respect some of the stuff you're saying. So he, and I said, Hey, I appreciate the good dialogue. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a rare thing. Said, yeah, there we go. You know, you're still a schmuck, but you know, thanks for, for being yeah. nice about it. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the, other, yeah. the ones that are kind of funny is where we do the preseason all Metro football team. Uh, and it's all speculation. It's all kind of, it's kind of a watch list. It doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, right. And then you get, um, you know, at the bottom of the, of the story, we'll put, you know, Hey, did we miss anybody? Let us know on social media or email us. And we get, you know, 50 that'll say, Hey, you know, we got a kid. We appreciate those. Oh, okay. There's somebody off the, or didn't play much last year is coming back from an injury or transfer. And then sometimes someone will take a shot on you on Twitter and say, um, you missed this guy. And I said, well, he didn't play a varsity down last year. I mean, we don't, don't think we missed anybody. Right. Yeah but keep us posted. Thanks for the, you know, we'll put them on the radar. So the dad kind of, you know, probably embarrassed his kid. Oh, sure. Him. He, you know, he, if he's not on varsity last year, how are we going to be putting him on a watch list now? Um, right. The other one that's always funny is, you know, don't sleep on, you know, you slept, you know, the team was two and eight last year. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have him in our preseason rankings and we had 20 ranked teams and 30 bubble teams. So, you know, the, the, the 30, the, the other 30 teams that didn't make it, you're going to have, you got a lot of work to do. Um, but somebody from a two and eight team said, Hey, you've been, you're, you're sleeping on our guys. You're always sleeping on our guys. I said, you went two and eight. Right. <laughs> I said, who's asleep at the wheel. So, uh, and then, you know, that was, but then you say, um, you know, um, win some games. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on you. We, we keep on top of everybody and, you know, keep us posted. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Or, I mean, I feel like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but if, if you're not maybe doing it on the field and you're struggling as far as finding success there, then do something off the field with your team that's worth covering. Maybe something in the community or something like that. Absolutely. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's ways around it, but yeah, two and eight's not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah. Or within a two and eight season, 
there's probably a handful of kids who are doing a pretty good job. Sure. And, yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where all oh, the media is against it. Well, no, if you're an NFL team that went two and 14, you know, we're sleeping on you and, and projections and, and the Kings fans are incredibly loyal. We all know that, but a little confused sometimes or misguided where they think that um, the national media um, overlooks the Kings or doesn't give them respect. I said, you, you got to make the playoffs. Right. It's been a 14-year drought before you get any of that kind of stuff. And the Kings, I think, had the lowest percentage of, of the team still trying to get into the playoffs when they went to the bubble in Orlando. Right. And, oh, this is so unfair. This is absolutely well, win a game. Win right. a game. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, Deb, you know, as a coach or a, an athlete, you know, you, um, you, you're looking for a, yeah, I'm looking to be doubted. Any kind of cause and Kira McKechnie to Jason Tenner to – Anybody who's coached or played, um, you know, certainly does that. So we 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 embrace that. So when people second guess me, it just fires me up. Yeah, I'll show them. No, no, yeah. Really, but. yeah. <laughs> well, um, no, I'm always, we, I'm always you just roll with it. You just roll with it. Yeah, it's the competitiveness in you. It's like the athlete in you. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, just um, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 pretty funny. I um, sometimes on social media on Facebook, somebody will say they'll just lump the Sacramento B as just, okay, it's a, it's, it's a more democratic voting editorial staff. Well, it doesn't have any influence on what I do in sports. Sure. Um, and so somebody who doesn't agree with the B's political stance or who the B endorses, um, they'll take a shot on, on Facebook. So while well, you guys are fake news, it's like, I don't do any fake news. You know, right. I don't make, you know, I didn't say Casey Taylor just, moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma to be a coach down there. I mean, that's fake news. Sure. Um, sure. You know, those kind of things. So, um, you know, so you have some of this. So sometimes when I get that uh, screaming, Karen, I'll, I'll use one of those memes and just, <laughs> right. that's all I say. I don't even say anything. I just send it over. But it's, it's always funny to me because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, stand-up comedy and you always hear stories of stand-up comedians dealing with a heckler. Right. And the whole thing is like, Hey, you don't want to mess with me here. Like this is, this is what I do. So you can heckle me all you want, but you'll never win this. And it's kind of, it's gotta be the same for you guys in Twitter. It's like, I do words for a living. So <laughs> I don't even need 150 characters to roast you if I need to. So like, why do we keep doing this? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I remember there was a kid, um, let's see about five years ago, seven years ago. And he was trying to figure out this, you know, a Twitter exchange and he was trying to figure out, why Folsom or Vacaville would go to a state bowl game if one lost or the other lost and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, and he didn't agree with me and, Oh, you're just, and he just, he started getting nasty and profanity. Um, and so I told his high school coach and I said, I think we kind of have a, you know, a coach I really respect. And I said, you know, I just wanted to let you know that you have a player representing your school on his Twitter. It's got his, school jersey and is this and that and he goes and i'm not doing it to rat him out but it's he's he's making the, the football program look bad sure in the town and um um and so he said i'm gonna take care of it um and made the kid uh you know do a he violated a, a code of conduct handbook thing that he signed and you can't buy uh you don't make the school look bad it's disparages the school with behavior on social media <laughs> so we had to clean up stuff on campus, you know, uh, garbage patrol. I was, and I, 
I said, I have one request. I want him to have a long stick with a nail at the end, and he could jab that kid. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but he told the no, awesome. He told the kid that you have to write Joe Davidson an email or call him. Okay, he never did. So the coach double checked. Ah, no big. He says, No, this is wrong. And so the mother circles around and rips me in an email. Oh, How dare you, you know, involve my son? And you know, if my son. He, he cursed me. He goes, he called me, you know, you're a, you're a dumbass on, on, and, and with some other choice words. And she goes, if my son says that you're these bleeping, bleeping dumbass, then you are. And I went, wow. How could you imagine having that as a parent? And I said, right. okay, whatever. And I forwarded over to the coach and, and he said, that's the kind of parent that we deal with. Jeez. Not all of them, but it only takes one. Wow. And all because of, a, um, I tried to answer the kid's question on social media. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to let you smear the reputation of your school. Cause it's easy for somebody to say, Oh, that school's always like that. Well, no, right. we got 2,100 students on campus. And one kid doesn't identify the, uh, doesn't label the whole school. Right. Absolutely. I, and, I'm more concerned for kids who respond aggressively to each other and right. they tweet something that should, and it, and it damages them later or during right. the moment. Um, you know, those kids, uh, can be so unfiltered and, and Deb, I know you guys talk about it in coaching and teaching. Say, so keep it clean on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that happened recently with a player, a football player from Folsom, correct? Right. And that, and that's, I mean, that's a, it's, I hate to say a perfect example, but that's a good example of what, how quickly that can happen when you use social media in a certain way, a negative way. And you, we talk about that all the time is that it can damage your reputation. It can damage your future and whatever sport or career you're pursuing. And that was a perfect example um, of that type of situation, which is unfortunate. Right. And um, I saw somebody tipped me off and said, hey, you know, there's this uh, prominent football player at, at Folsom, se- uh, senior to be, and he got into some kind of social media direct message, instant message type of comment thread where it started getting nasty and um, racial epithets and you know, and maybe he was horsing around, but you, you, he's got to be smarter than that. And he's a 4-0 student. And I thought, you know, I hate doing this. I don't want to do this kind of story, but we got to do this story. And right. we're going to make sure we do this story better than anybody else. Um, so we will be the media on of record that has this story with both sides. Um, no way do I defend what the kid did. He <laughs> made a big error. And I thought, you know, we're going to let him talk about it. Not with a National Enquirer attitude, you know, we're going to be TMZ type of thing. And the dad, so the kid said, oh, I'm going to let my dad talk. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And the dad, um, you know, thanked me. And I said, I think it's, you know, I got some criticism on, on social media. Why did you, did you interview him because he's a 4-0 student? I just lost you guys. I don't know if you can see me. Oh, you're still good. With you. Okay. Yeah. I'll just you. do it this way. Um, and, and so – um, did you interview him because he's a four-year student? I said, especially so. Well, that's preferential. I said, no. I said, it just shows that we have an issue in society that even bright students, a four-year student at a big-time high school like Folsom, could could do something so harmful and stupid and hurtful. And um, he was very remorseful. He wrote a well, how, how, how dare you write a story about him and identify him? I said, well, he identified himself when he posted on mm-hmm. his Instagram and Twitter that he apologized. I said, so it's open. 
and this is social media. And, um, and then he did something unprecedented where he stepped away from the program. You know, he in effect resigned, retired from the Folsom football program, even right. though he would have been a, a senior starter. Wow. Oops. Uh-oh. We lost Joe. Give us one second. We're going to take a, you're going to hear a pause here and then we're going to jump back into the we'll episode. Be back. We'll, get him, we'll get him back on here. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. So we just had a little, te- little technical difficulty, uh, but we didn't lose the whole episode like last time. Uh, yeah. Joe, I don't think I told you this, but uh, we had, when we had Jason Tenner on, he was one of our last guests before the, um, you know, mm-hmm. shelter in place and all that. And we got, we did about an hour and 15 minute interview with him. And then when Deb went to press stop recording on our recorder, she's like, Hey, it says the storage is full. And I thought she was joking, just messing with me. Like, Oh, that's funny. And she said, no, 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 I'm not joking. It says storage is full. We lost probably about 45 minutes with Jason Tenner. And, and it of was, course it had to be the stuff. day where I pressed the buttons for the first time. So thanks Josh. And then it looked like, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's my fault. Um, I've, but- I've done that where, um, when I did a lot of the Kings coverage, I would always take a tape recorder, yeah, um, or your phone. Um, I don't do that so much with high school kids. I think you can walk up to a kid with a tape recorder; they might not be more relaxed. Um, yeah. And if I need to do a long interview with a high school kid, I could I put earbuds on and as they're talking over the phone, I could type it in. Um, yeah. But you know, you go to a Kings game and you lose, and you got to go home and transcribe all the quotes and and, and type it all, and you, and and it just didn't record. Uh, or only worst. half of it. Oh no! Um, and that is a crusher. Unfortunately, um, you know, we 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 all get along pretty well in the in the media. Mike asked somebody, Mark Dembski at forty, and say, "Hey, did you you still have all that?" And what he'll do is he'll he'll put it in the the uh, player and just hit play. And I I'll put earbuds on and I'll just type out the rest of the ten minutes or whatever I lost. So that's a lifesaver. Um, yeah. But no, it's oh, it's just like this. Or I've had <laughs> interviews and you don't get it back. Um, or have it all over on notepad and I can't find a notepad. I've, I've had notepads I've lost 25 years. I still can't find them. I'm still looking for them. Oh, man. <laughs> of course, I won't be able to recognize it. You know, will be like... Discolored and yeah. 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 So, hey, well, we... What I underline, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we want to be respectful of your time, obviously. Um, we just always appreciate when you take some time to talk to us. So, uh, we were talking, Deb, I, I have one more question. I'm going to ask mine first. because I think yours is more important for sure. Okay. But, um, obviously with the baseball season going right now, uh, one of the last time I went to a state championship or not, excuse me, um, the NorCal uh, championship for a baseball game at Sac city was when Elk Grove baseball played, I believe St. Mary's from the Bay area. And I was talking to my wife about that team. So we saw Rowdy Telez at first base. We saw Dom Nunez behind the plate. We saw Dylan Carlson at third base, Derek Hill in center field, and Nick Madrigal at shortstop. How crazy is that to see all those guys and where they're at right now? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, I just wrote about that the other day. So you got Jeff Carlson, the coach, who had four players on one team um, or stretched out. Um, it wasn't Nunez that made the big leagues. He was there earlier before the uh, cuts. Yeah. Um, but J.D. Davis, who was um, right near the year 2011. So he has four guys yeah. in the major leagues right now, including um, J.D. Davis was the third-round pick. Nick Madrigal was a first-round pick, fourth overall right. um, wild. at 5'7". And so baseball is not a size thing. And then Rowdy Telez, who was projected to be a second-round guy, 
<laughs> because he, him and his camp made it, you know, certain, Hey, we want to sign for second or third round money. He slept uh, down to the 30th round, but still signed for an $890,000 bonus, um, which is second round money. So he made it. And then Dylan Carlson was a first round pick. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's incredible. And all of those, you know, we talk about com- character and combine and, they all did it. They're all good kids. They all worked hard. They're all respectful of each other. And this is not just lip service. I saw it. I saw a lot of practices. I saw a lot of games because those were the best players on the area's best teams. And um, they all mentored each other. When, you know, um, J.D. Davis was a senior, then some of those other guys were freshmen. Um, and right on down the line, and, and Dylan Carlson was a, a, a freshman, sophomore, when Madrigal was a a junior, senior, and, you know, they all mentor each other <laughs> in terms of workouts, in terms of um, how to conduct yourself, how to be <laughs> composed um, in a pressure situation in, in baseball, which, which happens, and how to be a, uh, you know, a good person on campus. You know, people find out in a hurry if you're, you know, you may be a terrific player, but you're kind of a knothead on campus. People will find that out. You know, it's not a very good reputation. Um, so, you know, act like you belong. And, and um, they're all doing uh, amazing things. Uh, the only bummer is people, these parents and these coaches and these fans can't see them live. Right. Because of the COVID. Right. Yeah. At least they're getting a season in. And <laughs> you think about, I remember one year, uh, Jason Harper would always, uh, and you, um, Josh, would ask me, can you help us pick up? an area coach of the year. Yeah. One uh, year it's yeah. Mary Joe Treesdale. Another year it's yeah. Jeff Carlson. And, and it's I'm not, maybe it's not <laughs> a coach of the year for, for that season. Cause the season might still be playing when they, when we had the character combine award, but it's kind of a lifetime, you know, or, or the last five years coach of the year. Right. Um, and so one year I did it with, I, I, I said, Hey, let's give it to Jeff Carlson. Mm-hmm. And, Oh, he could win it every year. We have his story is unique because of his wife, right. um, Karen That's Carlson, powerful. who was uh, a breast cancer survivor and then was floored by some rare neurological disease that affects her spine. So she's wheelchair bound. And mm-hmm. she, um, we talked about it um, for a story. <coughs> Excuse me, um, my water. I think the story was Team Carlson, you know, the whole family of baseball. And she said that uh, her husband, coach, and her son, Dylan, and her younger son, Tanner, said, hey, um, we won't play. We won't coach. You know, and she goes, you will get back out there coaching. Those boys need you, and so did the whole team. And they did. And when they would play probably one of those games against St. Mary's of Stockton, actually. Um, Stockton, yeah, right. When they played at, at, at Sacramento City College. Um. Dylan Carlson wanted to make sure that he helped get his mother in a wheelchair and into the stadium. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that game was over, um, including a championship moment or, or uh, he goes on the mound for the last two innings and slams the door to, you know, put him within one game of the championship right afterwards, he goes and gets his mom, spends time with her. And he's, (laughs) he took that responsibility that I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of. Um, Incredible. And that was not a show me thing. That was a genuine uh, 
sincere guy who cares about his, you know, that's character. I mean, that's how you, that's how he can handle, Hey, I went one for four at the plate in a, in a sport of failure. You, that's going to happen. But he, he, he has a maturity as a 21 year old major league player. Now that there are other things more concerning and, and maybe being stressed about like, like my mother as compared to a one for four. So his attitude is good. You know, Deb, you know, in, in, in athletics and in softball, you have to have a good frame of mind when you're at the plate. You can't let your body English take over and your frustrations because uh, it's going to unravel you and maybe unravel a moment or a play or, or something um, and ultimately unravel a team and you don't want to unravel a, a game or a season or a championship. Mm-hmm. So those kids were amazing. I was like, this is incredible oh, yeah. to have, you know um, – Two first rounders, Nick Madrigal and Dylan Carlson, one a big six foot three powerhouse slugger, switch hitter who could throw ninety two on the on the mound, and then you have Nick Madrigal, five foot six and one hundred and forty five pounds in high school, and his his coach Jeff Carlson said that that kid got more compliments after games from umpires and opposing players and opposing coaches than any kid I've ever had, including all those mashing power hitters like Telez, J.D. Davis, and Dylan Carlson because he – because wow, little Nick Magical, yeah, he gets in your head. You can't get him off. If he leads off, he's going to get on base because he's hard, you know, small strike zone. And then he's going to steal second. And he's probably going to take a run for third, and you can't stop him. I mean, that gets in the – it gets in your head. You know, how many times oh, yeah. is the fine sisters, you know, you, you want to have that player that just yeah. gnaws on the other team and uh, – you know, so those uh, and they played the game the right way. All those kids played the game the right way, yeah. and enormously talented. And Rowdy Telez had a home run at Laguna Creek, where it bounced over a two, well, no, it landed over a two-story house and slammed up against the doghouse. That's my favorite description. Not not only did it just land over, which is way out there, Hercules, you know, Babe Ruth, but it's, yeah. it probably woke up the dog. You know, it slammed cool. up against the doghouse. And then yes. the owner probably got, went after me on social media. Yeah. I didn't hit the ball. I, <laughs> really, I didn't do it. I said, I said, you didn't see the ball coming? What, what? Right. <laughs> Where are you? That's so, no, awesome. that was a fun story. And then yeah, it's cool. it was a feel-good story when there's not a lot of sports going on. And uh, right. how about that? The percentages and the yeah. chances to reach the major league level are so hard. Right. Mm-hmm. At all the minor league levels that you have to get through and have to have a good timing and good break. And um, it's incredible. And we have a guy in Eric Armstead. Yeah. Of the 49ers and mm-hmm. by way of Oak Grove Unified and Pleasant Grove High, um, who's an advocate of read to achieve and be involved in community. So we had some good, good players, good citizens doing good things. And they'll be probably doing good things in the communities that they live in for forever because it's, um, they, they understand the value of it. I right. love it. I love it. That's awesome. Joe, so, you know, we're supposed to, you know, be opening up sports in January, you know, season starting. Um, my question to you is, do you think that's going to happen? Because a part of me, I'm just like, hope, you know what I'm saying? Because things keep getting pushed back. And like, obviously, we didn't think that we would be here today when everything kind of crumbled in March. You know, especially with just Elk, you know, Elk Grove Unified was the first, and then from there, and now it's September first. This is you know, recording this day, and it's still going on. So I'm just like, obviously, everyone is like, you know, hoping, praying, you know, whatever for it to. But like, what do you think? Do you think we're going? We are going to start in January. You know, the uh, 
the broad answer would be, yeah, if everybody does what they're supposed to do, the three of us and all the, the student athletes and their families and their friends, social distance while you can. Uh, avoid big parties and big gatherings. not going to be easy for, for teenagers and young people. Um, it's hard for anybody. You know, we're social creatures. Wash your hands a lot. Uh, wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Don't be defiant. Um, you know, if everybody does that, they say that that's, you know, things are supposed to get normal if we do all these things. These are the things that we've heard. So, uh, you know, we'll find out if everybody does all those things right. and we have a season. It's like, okay, we're on to something. If, if we, if everybody does those things and we don't have seasons because the COVID numbers are too uh, alarming, then people are going to really be frustrated. Uh, understandably so. So to answer your question, I, I think yes, in some parts of the state, I could see where, yeah. Small parts up in the Oregon border in Siskiyou County and Lassen County and, and um, um, you know, areas way up there um, where they could have seasons and they could get started. You know, small numbers, uh, fewer people have to worry about, fewer uh, people on campus. Sheldon High School, that's going to be a big challenge. You know, how are you going to keep everybody, uh, you know, how are you going to do social distancing? And, and Mary Jo's big on if you can't have kids on campus, then you can't have sports. But if you could have kids on campus, then you should have sports. Um, I agree with that. Um, I could see, you know, where let's say we have a few uh, schools in this region who are ready to go and they've done everything right and they're good to go. And it's a couple other schools, maybe in a different district, you know, schools in Placer County, hey, we're going. We're cleared. County Health has said we're good to go. Superintendent says we're good to go. Principal says we're good to go. And then somebody in Sacramento County. You know, schools there say, no, we're not good to go. I can see a private school say, we're going, whereas another private school says, no, we're not. Or a private right. school says, yeah, we're going to start our season on time um, because we're not governed by a district. But somebody, what if Bradshaw Christians cleared to go right. and a thousand meters away at Sheldon High, they're not cleared to go mm -hmm. because that's superintendent. So it's tough. And so mm -hmm. we talk about, Deb, you know, the, the mental toll. What if all everybody's in? A big buildup. We're gonna we're gonna get going in January and February, and it gets delayed um, some more. It's gonna frustrate and upset a lot of people. Um, but I think we're gonna have. I think it's gonna happen because we're gonna see. I'm hopeful that we'll see great coaching leadership. Yeah. Hey, social distance. Do your part if you want a season. And I think kids are more motivated than ever to have a season because they've seen what it's like not to have a season yeah. or to even have normal workouts and conditioning. And so uh, I think that, I think we're going to see, you know, programs and kids, you know, Hey, we're going to, let's do our part. Let's do our part. And so I, I think it'll uh, come off with a hitch, but you know, the, the dread is that the numbers don't get better. And what if the cold and flu season makes it worse? Um, but my counter argument to that is I haven't used so much hand sanitizer in my life, you know, right. all, have used it more in the recent six months than we have in our rest of our lives combined. So I could see where flu and cold seasons drop, you know, the numbers because oh, yeah. we're, we're washing hands more and we're, you know, uh, a lot of people when the mask era is over, I could see a lot of people still sticking with masks you know, when they go to the grocery store say, oh, sure. that's okay. That could happen for a long time. Right. Um, so I would think, you know, I'm not a scientist. I only play one on, social media um, but i would think that if we do our part that that should help sure yeah, yeah. and then it's going to be another 
you know, this will be a topic we'd have for another episode, but what if a, a team, you know, one team in the Delta league is all good to go in softball or in basketball or football. And then the, 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 the school just two miles away is not. Right. And, you know, that's what we have on the schedule coming up next. And, well, some players say, hey, I, I'm not going to play. And is that their decision? Is it going to be their parents' decision? And we could be, you know, you could see some schools where they don't release any information at all. You know, okay, there's a kid, there's a kid on the freshman team who tested positive. Does that mean the varsity team has to sit out? I mean, that could be a big, you know, issue there. And right. it would be, is that Paula Duncan at Sheldon who makes that decision? Or is it the superintendent, Chris Hoffman? Or do they both talk about it? Right. And you might have parents on both sides saying, no, everybody got shut down. Or you have other parents saying, uh-uh, we got to go. So that's mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that's going to be so many. It's going to be – that's going to be competition and stress and anxiety on its own level. Yeah. And we'll lots see it play out in, in the NFL and probably uh, college too. Right. Lots of factors that play there. Oh, for lots sure. So I guess the all we can do is keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best. Got him. Got him. Yeah. Yeah. I, almost this, I almost did this interview with my mask on. <laughs> yeah, and you would, have, you would have been the first. You would have been the yeah. first. So you could All muffled. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Joe, as always, man, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your willingness to hang out with us and chat a little bit about everything that's going on. So, uh, where can everybody follow you on social media and, and all of that? Easy to find on Facebook, uh, Joe Davidson. Um, Twitter, Sackby Joe D. Uh, just look Joe Davidson or Sacramento B. It'll have all kinds of you know, the, the, the reporters and then Instagram is Joe Davidson media. Um, and so, uh, keep it civil. We'll keep it civil right back. Uh, when, when people, but we love the input and, and, and the dialogue and, uh, we just appreciate the following no matter how snarky it can be. And sure. Um, you know, so at least nobody's complaining about my grammar, you know, that's say, true. That's oh, true. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody say that would be pretty original. Um, if somebody said, you know, um, I really was interested in your, coach about the Oak Grove baseball players, but you lost me after the second sentence. I would have thought that was funny. Maybe that's boring. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll get it now. Someone out there is listening, hopefully. And yeah, yeah so that's a good one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then I'll rip them. Yes. There you go. Hey, Deb, where can they follow us? You guys can find us on Twitter at sports character and then Instagram, of course, character combine, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. There we go. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Joe, thank you so much and so- uh, be safe and be healthy. Okay, you too. Thank you, Deb. See you, Josh. Talk soon.